Brooklyn's Radio Health Talk, looking at health and social care with Fatima Kamara. Hi, thank you for tuning in to Brooklyn's Radio. My name is Fatima Kamara, the Health Talk Show host. Um, on this show, we tend to talk about everything health and social care related, including raising awareness of long-term health conditions and how to manage them at home, but also in, in the main, in general, how it can be managed, but also raise awareness of different sort of health conditions. Thank you for listening in. You can follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Brooklyn's Radio, or email us at healthtalkshow at brooklynsradio.co.uk. Now, for a little bit of um, health news, health news today is going to be looking at a report published by The Lancet, and this report was looking at pollution over a period of two years. Um, it, the finding says pollution has been linked to 9 million deaths worldwide in 2015 and in the UK about 8% or 50,000 deaths are estimated to be linked to pollution. So this puts the UK in 55th place out of the 188 countries that were measured during this report. So placing the UK right behind the US and many other European countries including Germany, France, Spain, Italy and Denmark and the report was published on the Lancet website, so you can check out their website for a full report analysis of the study. To get in touch with your health and social care questions, email healthtalk at brooklandsradio.co.uk. Hello, hi. Um, my name is Fatima Kamara. Thank you for tuning in to the Health Talk Show. Today we're talking about mental health and all things mental health. This month on the 10th of October was Mental Health Day and the theme was Workplace Wellbeing. Um, we'll be talking today about mental health because actually we all do have mental health um, and just to raise awareness in terms of what the issues that we need to be aware of and what mental health is as a whole. The Mental Health Foundation UK claims the average adult will say I'm fine 14 times a week, though just 19% would really mean it. And mental health problems can affect anyone, any day, any time of the year. And mental health problems are growing and a public concern. So today, to join me on the show to talk about everything mental health is Rihanna Imers. She's the Chief Executive Officer of Mind in Kinston, and also Adele Kempton, Administrator, Rec Recreation Project Manager, and Mental Health Awareness Trainer from Mind in Kingston as well. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, just to start off with, I think it would be really good to kind of just go through some statistics about mental health. Um, the, mental, the World Health Organization estimates that between 35 and 50% of people living with severe mental health problems in developed countries and their 76 to 85% in developing countries receive no treatment at all. This can range anything between mixed, mixed anxiety and depression, which is the most common mental health disorder in Britain, with 7.8% of people meeting criteria for diagnosis as well. 4% four to 10% of people in England will experience depression in their lifetime and one in four people experience a mental health problem every year. Half of them say that their associated isolation and shame is worse off than the condition itself. Um, 
Rihanna, I just want to quickly ask you, what is mental health? So if someone was listening to us as we talk, I think just start off with, just have the discussion going so people can clearly understand. Because sometimes we just hear sort of phrases and words being used without having a sort of deeper understanding in terms of what it actually means. So from your perspective as a chief executive officer for Mind in Kingston and someone who's worked in the field, what is mental health? So we all have mental health as we have physical health um, and good mental health is having good emotional well-being. So it's really around how you cope with life, how you cope with pressure, how you cope with stress. And when your mental health becomes poorly is when that pressure and stress becomes too much. Um, and then you are more likely to uh, suffer from conditions like anxiety, depression, panic attacks, and then there are more severe mental health conditions as well, uh, which Adele will be able to um, give you a bit more information about. Okay. Um, just to, to kind of explore a little bit more, what sort of trends and types of... Okay, Adele will be talking about the types of presentation, but what are the trends in... In, in England as a role, because I think Mind as a charity, a national charity that covers England and Wales, what what do you see as a trend with, with regards to mental health? Um, so, for instance, in young people, we see quite high levels of anxiety, uh, which can be related to um, exams and schools, but also peer pressure. Um, there's quite high levels of self-harming. Uh, and often when you get groups of, of young people, they tend to copy each other's behaviour. So that's quite a concern. Mm. Um, another trend is that um, suicide is very high amongst men. Uh, it's one of the highest causes of death uh, for men between uh, sort of 25 and 50. Uh, and that's something that, um, that's been raised in the press quite a lot recently. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you for that, um, Rihanna. I think the other thing, you know, you kind of alluded to it um, at the start of, of your um, at the start, um, basically, it is where, you know, mental health, there's still a significant amount of shame associated with yes. mental health. How do you find that and how do you manage someone living with mental health who cannot talk about it for shame or being labelled and, and stereotyped? But also, how can, they, how can you help or support them to kind of access services, to move on from that sort of perception of shame and, you know, I've brought this in me, so so to speak. Mm -hmm. A lot of the work that we do in in Mind in Kingston and Mind nationally is to raise awareness of mental health and reduce that stigma. So it's really talking about it and making it more acceptable Um, and then advertising the sort of services that are available so people can talk, people can phone us anonymously if they want, so they really have that connection with someone um, who can support them. Okay. Um, Adele, you're going to talk to us about the types and presentation of mental health. What would you say, um, in terms of your work, what are the types, the most sort of common types of pre- um, presentation of mental health condition and il- or illness that you kind of see? And has there been a growth in terms of the numbers of people coming in with that particular um, illness? Or how, how, how are you managing and supporting people who come to access your service? Um, Really, what we're finding, and I'm finding it more now, I've been working for Mind for 11 years, is people coming in with anxiety disorders um, and depression. And as you said before, Fatima, there's a lot of people that suffer with depression and anxiety, um, such as one in four. Um, We often take the phone calls, and often the person is very distressed. 
Um, it might be the first time they've had the diagnosis and they actually feel afraid of the diagnosis. Um, some people ring up, like you say, ashamed of the disorder. They may have been dis diagnosed with things like schizophrenia, which is quite a frightening label, when in fact it's actually an illness where they feel people are actually against them. It's not a split personality. Um, but most commonly, I'd say, is anxiety and depression and bipolar. Again, that's another fearful label that someone may feel they've been given. But we try and encourage them and say, we don't look at the label, we look at them as a person. Okay. Um, so we try that the best we can to okay. reassure them. Okay, so um, thank you, Adele. Um, I think if someone phoned, phoned your organisation being well, asking for help and, and kind of wanting to know what can be done, how do you support them? So if someone had, you know, had been diagnosed with having depression or anxiety or... Um, you know, like I said earlier on, most people haven't been maybe properly diagnosed because actually they really don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be labelled. How would you support someone like that in terms of if you think that they need to access services and give them the support that they need um, to enable them to live um, quality of life, mm. really? First of all, we um, try and listen. Just That's really important that we listen to what they're saying so we get a good picture of where they're coming from. Um, we try and also say to them, you know, we don't see it as a label. It's obviously very distressing to hear the first time you've been diagnosed, but there is help out there and there's such thing as recovery. So we're encouraging with positive words rather than the negative words that are associated with mental health. Um, we suggest that the first port of call would be go and see your GP. Um, they may not necessarily refer you to a psychiatrist at first. They may suggest counselling. Um, there is medication, but not in all cases it's appropriate. Um, if the mental illness is getting more severe, they may actually suggest that you go and see a mental health team and have a mental health assessment. And this is often frightening for people because of the word psychiatrist or mental health team. But actually, mental health is talked about a lot more and it's quite reassuring when you go. They make you feel more relaxed. And more positive. They're yes. trying to put a positive strength to it to make sure that people are able to access services. Yes. Um, I think the other thing I was going to ask, you know, you mentioned about, um, you know, trying to get the caller. So if someone called you, um, as an organization, just to try and get them to access, well, see their GP as a, obviously, because primary care is a point of entry, right? A point of entry for care. Mm. So um, I think that in itself, if someone has or feel they have a mental health condi condition, I, I kind of, you know, sort of think how if they say to you, well, I don't want to, because obviously taking that first step in terms of phoning your GP um, to say I need an appointment to see my GP is a huge step, in, mm. you know, generally for anyone. Um, but someone who has potentially a mental health illness to pick up the phone and make that call, how do you find that if someone doesn't want to? How, how, how do you sort of manage that to enable that they kind of make that sort of transition to access care and services? Okay. Um, firstly, I would thank them and encourage them that they have made a first step by calling us. And often I say to people, this is obviously quite a big thing to ring in and say that you think you might have a mental illness or you may be suffering with a short-term depression or anxiety because it takes a lot of courage just to make that phone call. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes 
people are scared of going to the GP, but we do try and encourage it and say that, you know, they're not necessarily going to refer you to the psychiatrist, but a lot of GPs are helpful. If you find that the first GP you see isn't very helpful, find another GP in the practice that may be more understanding about mental illness. But we do try and encourage it, and we get a lot of people that say they can't do that. And often they will ring us quite a few times, um, but we're always patient and allow time for them to talk and hopefully build their confidence up that they will go and see their GP. Okay, that really makes sense because I know, you know, having worked in general practice myself, that sometimes someone might be having a particular health condition or especially with mental health it's a huge thing for them to just show up to a general practice or see a GP or nurse practitioner and talk about what their issues are people are more sort of receptive to talk Mm. about physical ailments whereas with mental health you can't easily just see it and diagnose it Mm. you know you have Mm. to go through a certain process for it to be done so thank you so much for that Adele um Rihanna, I wanted to ask you, um, so in terms of MIND, I know MIND is a national charity and your work covers England and Wales. Um, What do you, tell me about the services you offer um, as a charity in support of people who have mental health? What sort of services you offer? Okay. Um, So we are um, a local mind association. So we're one of 140 local mind associations in England and Wales. We're affiliated to National Mind. Um, So they do a lot of work around campaigning and awareness raising where we do um, work with local people. So our work is based in and around Kingston, the borough of Kingston. Um, And we have lots of different services to support people. Um, We're a a peer-led organisation, and so what Adele said earlier about people ringing in, lots of our staff and volunteers have experience of mental health, and I think that helps to support people because we have that understanding of what it's like to live with a mental health condition. Um, And so lots of our services are peer-led. They're led by our our staff and volunteers. Um, So we offer peer support. Um, We do lots of therapeutic groups like drama, music and art. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a a drop-in cafe that's open outside of normal working hours so people can drop in and and speak to staff if they need to. Uh, We have a counselling service. Uh, We have a football team, which is a very popular project. And we do lots and lots more. It's all kind of community-based support that people can access as and when they need to. and then they end up supporting each other as well oh that sounds fantastic that's really good what you provide and I think the football side as well because some you know with men and mental health there's a huge yes issue in terms of accessing service in terms of coming forward for help so having that I'm sure kind of pulls them forward to kind of say listen I'm not the only one living with this condition I've got someone else that I can body with and someone that I can can understand yes. potentially where my struggles or challenges are which is which I think is quite good yes so that's a, that's a good initiative there um, the other thing I was going to ask you is if someone was thinking of accessing services or help and advice and support I know Adele mentioned about going to your GP and then sort of sort of the process if depending on what the presentation is I know um, that the person comes with but in terms of your services if someone wanted to access your service how will they access your service and how can they go about getting involved with um, MIND? Um, So all they need to do is is pick up the phone or they can drop in they can go on our website um, and make that initial contact and then we would um, discuss what issues are going on for them and refer them on to the right service and for most people it doesn't need a referral from a GP or another person they can just 
turn up as it were um, and use the service as and when they needed to um, and then we would support them to get the right support so it might be a combination of having a GP appointment and also accessing a drama group at the same time or something like that. Okay that sounds good and your website address is what? Uh, it's www.mindinkingston.org.uk Okay so thank you so that's for your the, the Mind in Kingston which that's is where you're coming from yes otherwise the Mind website is www.mind.org.uk I right? think it might be .co.uk .co.uk yeah. okay so if you I, I'm sure if you google Mind it will come up um, at the f- it, it will do, yeah. yes. And they have lots of really useful information about different conditions, different services available for them, um, lots of information about the Mental Health Act and, and how that can support someone. It's a very useful website. Okay, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Um, moving on, I would also like to say, because for the, the theme for this year's um, Mental Health Day is workplace well-being, which I think is really, really pertinent. It's very yes. important because sometimes, like I said, mental health, nobody sees someone and thinks they've got mental health issue in the main, um, except if they're faced with a more severe form of mental health. So I think um, the workplace being one of the places that we spend a lot of time, I think it's really, really important that this is addressed in the workplace. And I would also like to ask Adele. Adele is someone who has been a service user and who has had mental health problems. Just to talk about a bit about your story, a bit about how you found coming back, getting back into employment, and what does that mean for you, Adele? Okay, um... My first experience of mental health was when my mum um, suffered with depression. I was 14 years old, um, didn't understand what the word depression was, even though she told me it was this, Um, and just seeing her become very lifeless and just laying on the settee, not talking to anyone, um, cutting herself off from the community, it was a very hard time. Um, And that was my first experience. And then when I was 17, I started to get similar... Um, symptoms to my mum I went to the GP a GP said I think you're depressed and I would totally deny it and for many years I was suffering with depression I would just deny it I didn't want to see myself as lying on a settee doing nothing and feeling very sad and crying all the time even though I was Um, the other thing is um, when I I then had a stable period and then when I was 27 I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder I was in hospital, in and out of hospital for about 10 years um, because when I had mental illness, um, no one explained what bipolar was. It was then called manic depression. I was really scared of the word manic um, and no one would spend time with me to explain the illness. It was only in the late 80s, early 90s that someone began, my, my community psychiatric nurse, explain what bipolar was. Um, and that helped me to understand how the medication would help me. Um, and once I stabilised, even though I still have blips now and again, um, I was able to return back to work. Um, and for me, work has been a real answer to helping keep me stable. Um, I do have time off sometimes when I get unwell. But one thing that I would say about going back to work after you've had a mental illness is that it gives you hope. It gives you a feeling of worth, feeling worthy of doing something. 
and it gives you also confidence because often when someone's mentally ill your confidence mm -hmm. is knocked down to zero mm -hmm. but when you start working with other people you begin to think I can do this despite my illness I can actually do things and a lot of things we talk about in mind is that you can be in a state of recovery um, and that's where I feel I'm at is in recovery um, and I feel that I feel really valued at my work and what I do. That is fantastic. That is really just fantastic because it's just really powerful what you've just shared because sometimes we, you know, people look at people or think they've got mental health or they've had an episode of mental health illness or um, they think that's the end of the road for them. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like nobody will employ me. Um, how am I going to get out of this? You know, um, people don't understand what I'm thinking, what's going through my mind and all of that. But for someone who's gone through all of that from age 27 and now to be able to hold down, a, you know, a job and working very well and having the support of um, an organization that works with, with, within mental health, I think is just really just applaudable, really. Mm. So thank you so much for sharing that That's with okay. me. Thank you very much. Um, so, ladies, I, I would say that, you know, in relation to mental health, based on what we've discussed about is that we, we, we need to be mindful that it's not always easy to diagnose or see someone and say they've had a mental health problem or mental health illness. We have to be very careful in terms of the people that come across our paths, but also people that we work with because we don't know what their challenges and their struggles are. And, and as an employer or employee, we need to be very aware of how can we be supported at work, but yeah. also how what policies do our workplace have in place to support people or staff in case they need to access those sort of services and also the confidentiality side of it as well. So I would like to thank you so much for coming in to speak to me. I thank you for sharing and I thank you for the information that you have we've discussed today. Thank you so much. So in closing, I would just like to resonate that around one in four people would experience a mental health problem this year, yet the shame and silence can be as bad as the mental health problem itself. Our attitude to mental health could change someone's life. So we should be very mindful, people around us, people we work with, family, colleagues, and be very mindful that potentially there's mental health issues going on, but how can we be more understanding of what is going on with them and also supporting them as well? Thank you so much for listening. My name is Fatima Kamara, your health talk show host. If you do have any questions, please email us at healthtalk at brooklandsradio.co.uk. Not forgetting to follow us on social media. Our social media handle is at Brooklands Radio on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Health Talk with Fatima Kamara on Brooklands Radio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not keep up to date with The Sound of Surrey by listening live at brooklandsradio.co.uk or through our free mobile app.